0: Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals that you have for your life and what next steps you want to take to get there. I'm your host, Darren Johnson. Welcome to episode 106. It is really good having you here. If you're here for the very first time, a special welcome to you. And for everyone, I invite you to subscribe and follow the show so that you do not miss an episode. Imagine every Tuesday morning, You get notified, it shows up. We're growing rapidly, all because of you. So thank you very much for tuning in. And I think you're going to like this episode. Episode 106, our guest is Joe Hart. And if you are interested in unlocking your full potential and creating the life that you want, you're going to gain so much from this interview with Joe Hart. Joe is the president and CEO of Dale Carnegie & Associates. Joe recently was named one of the 12 transformative leaders by the CEO Forum Group. He is also the host of a top global podcast called Take Command, a Dale Carnegie podcast. What an opportunity to talk about leadership and innovation and resiliency with one of the best in the world on these topics. And he's also the author of a new book called Take Command, Find Your Inner Strength, Build Enduring Relationships, and Live the Life You Want. So what can you expect to learn in this interview? You're going to learn a lot about leadership, and you're going to learn how to live an intentional life. This episode, it's a game changer. I can't wait for you to meet Joe and get his take on how we can live the life that we truly want. And with that, let's not wait a second longer. Joe Hart is here on the I Dare You podcast. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 106. Here, everybody, is Joe Hart. Joe, welcome to the podcast. It's really good having you here. Thanks, Darren. Great to be with you. Okay, Joe, you heard a little bit of my introduction. You're the CEO of Dale Carnegie, a life-changing organization. Before we get into what what's what you're doing and your organization is doing. Where did this start for you and how did you land at Dale Carnegie? So it's a it's a pretty
1: amazing journey. I sometimes think about it and just I'm just extraordinarily grateful because uh you know I grew up in a house my great parents my father um and mother both very affirming and my my dad would always talk about Dale Carnegie as a teen, gave me the how to win friends book and um, you know, and I, I I spent a little bit of time on it, but it was really I took a Dale Carnegie course as a young lawyer. This is 1995, and I just wanted to grow and become better, and and it really led me on this kind of journey of um, you know thinking about my vision, my future. Uh, I ultimately left the practice of law and went into business, but I also really started to practice the Dale Carnegie principles very very actively, intentionally every day. I and then started an e-learning company. And my first client became Dale Carnegie. I went to Dale Carnegie. I said, I think there's a great way, this was in 2000, that we can help people around the world apply Dale Carnegie principles because they've had such a huge impact on me as a graduate. And I know you're a graduate also, Darren. Yes. Uh, So so, uh, I worked with Dale Carnegie for about 10 years as a a client. Uh, I had other uh, customers as well. I sold that e-learning company and uh, ultimately, became the president of a, a national a health promotion company uh, when, in 2014, the CEO of Dale Carnegie uh, announced he was retiring. And and I was invited to get involved in the process. And in 2015, after a very, very rigorous uh, interviewing process, uh, thankfully, I was uh, named CEO. And, and frankly, wow. it, it's also... You know, the, the company has in in the program has just it changed my life. Uh it's impacted my wife, my kids. All six of my kids have taken the Dale Carnegie course. I have the the honor of traveling around the world and meeting people who are just telling me, it's like, hey, I took this this course 10, 20, 30 years <laughs> ago. Uh, and you know, how many things do we experience that we're talking about decades later? It's just absolutely true. powerful in terms of how it helps us with. Confidence and communication and interpersonal skills and leadership and stress and worry. So that's the Dale Carnegie course. There's other programs we offer as well.
0: All right. So I, I did take the Dale Carnegie course as you mentioned was in college. I had a huge fear of public speaking. It was uh, debilitating, and I knew that when I was going into my career, I I was going into sales, which is not which is a bit of a problem if you have a fear of public speaking or getting in front of people. And and I decided to invest some money. And it was a big investment, but to take a Dale Carnegie cl- course. And it was, it was more than just public speaking, uh, Joe. It it was transformational in the area of human relations and how to deal with people and the classic book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Uh, how timeless is it? Because I, I took the course now decades ago, but it's transformed my life. But what are you seeing around the world with the advent of technology and younger generations? Do these principles still apply?
1: Yeah, they absolutely still apply. They've never been more relevant than they are today. I mean, and part of the reason is if you think about Dale Carnegie, Dale Carnegie was an innovator, and part of what he did is he studied people, and he went back and he he read just you know thousands of things uh, that were written by you know the the greatest minds in history, and he interviewed all kinds of leaders in his day, and 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 he really understood what makes us. Uh, you know, people and and yeah. things are important to us. You know, the fact that whether it's about appreciation or how do you connect to people, how do you listen to people, how do you respect people—all these different things. But but those things that he observed when he wrote "How to Win Friends" or when we started our our company 111 years ago, those things still apply. People are still people, and one of the the powerful things for me, Darren, is being able to go around the world and to see how these principles. Help people thrive wherever they are, irrespective of their their culture, their race, their religion, their their gender. Their, I mean, it's it's something that is uh, is timeless and just goes to who we are as people, and helps us really be. Uh, effective if we want to have richer relationships if we want to advance in our careers if we want to you know live with greater meaning if we want to have and you talked about how to win friends and influence people but another book of Dale Carnegie's that's also powerful is how to stop worrying and start living that's oh, yeah. a book that's had a huge impact on, on me personally and just having a a positive mindset a successful mindset
0: you know how did how did covid impact uh, Dale Carnegie and it impacted everyone for sure but I'm making some assumptions here, Joe, but in-person, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, and now COVID comes along. How did that impact Dale Carnegie, and what did you learn from it from a leadership standpoint?
1: Well, initially, it was fairly crushing and daunting because, it, say, in January of 2020, 95% of our worldwide so, so in just a, some context for your listeners Dale Carnegie is a worldwide company we have 200 operations in 86 countries and these are classes that we put on for people that might be around high impact presentations as you said you know how do you present how do you communicate how do you lead how do you sell there's all kinds of programs that we put on for for individuals for companies uh, organizations but in january of 2020 95% of our what we did was in person face to face so uh, as we started to see all of our operations around the world shut down as we had lockdowns it was it was daunting but we had begun a digital transformation prior to covid covid Uh, encouraged us, if you will, to (laughs) accelerate that transformation. And so really within a period of four months, we certified a thousand of our trainers to become uh, capable of of delivering effectively live online. And as you know, from having taken Dale Carnegie classes, these are interactive, you're up and you're moving and so forth. And we, we, we were, we were, not sure how this would this would work, but because of just the powerful team we have around the world of our franchisees and our trainers and the Dale Carnegie team that I work with, uh, we were very effective at transitioning the business. So coming out of COVID, we are we are far we were competitive before. We're far more competitive now. We're stronger now. We're growing. We're thriving, and I'm excited about that um, because as bad and as as difficult as as COVID was. On business and certainly on on humanity, um, you know I, I I look at the resilience of our teams and our people and
0: our customers, and I'm just very grateful and humbled by that. That's great. That's great. You know, um, one of the reasons why I reached out to you is that your uh, latest book is called "Take Command: Find Your Inner Strength, Build Enduring Relationships, and Live the Life You Want." And why why this book, Joe, and why the title "Take Command"? So the book really came out of COVID,
1: I think, for me. And I talk in the book about just even part of the struggles I was going through leading this company. And and it was really kind of just getting back and getting reconnected to Dale Carnegie principles that that not only enabled me to really move forward with, with confidence and courage, and resilience, but our I think our entire organization. So my co-author, Michael Crom, who's Dale Carnegie's grandson and I, uh, we 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 thought, you know, what if we could take Dale Carnegie's principles and, and build on them for a mo- modern audience who may not have heard about how to win friends or how to stop worrying and 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 have stories from diverse people from all over the world. Um situations that people can relate to things like imposter syndrome and social media challenges and the challenges people have interacting in today's world. So we wrote the book, Really, ideally for a younger audience, if you will, it's called 20 to 45. I mean, younger being relative, right? Um, but but although you know, we've had many many people who of of all ages who read the book and have loved it. Uh, my my mother's 90; she she thinks it's a great book. So there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, but the take command is something that we, it's, a, it's a it's a a tagline or a slogan we've been using in Dale Carnegie since 2018. And what take command really means, and one of the things we teach in our Dale Carnegie course is about the importance of living an intentional life. You know, many times we will live our lives, we can we can blame people, we can blame situations, we complain, we can feel disempowered, we can feel like things are happening to us. And, you know, taking command really means, no, be intentional. What are the things that you want? You know, how do you... How do you develop your resilience? How do you develop your emotional strength, your emotional intelligence? You do that. And, you know, how do you, you know, you've got people who are in, in the same situation. Some people are courageous, some people are cowardly. It's like, well, I don't want to be cowardly. How do, how do I get that security, that confidence? So, so taking command is about being intentional. And the book is really focused on taking command of your thoughts and your emotions, which is built around how to stop worrying and start living, taking command of your relationships, because we know so much of the happiness and success in our lives relates to the quality of the relationships that we have, and then take command of your future, which is, you know, what's the vision you have for yourself? Because, you know, you and I were talking before we started about just longevity and, and The fact that this is the life that we have, we want to make the most out of it. So um, what are the things that are really important to us? Let's work
0: toward those things now. Let's not wait until it's too late. You know, I was uh, up late last night reading the book uh, and I finished it this morning over a cup of coffee and I loved the book in part because it's it's very much a take command. It's action oriented. And you have a quote in your book from Marcus Aurelius, our life is what our thoughts make it. In what way does that really come about, uh, Joe? How, how does our mind guide everything that we're up to? Well, this is a point that Dale
1: Carnegie had made, and he had quoted Marcus Aurelius in this book, and William James and a number of other people. Um, James Allen, As a, a Man Thinketh, which is a famous book. But you know, the, the first kind of tip or strategy we talk about and take command is about paying attention to our thoughts. Um, what are the things... That we say to ourselves. What are the th- thoughts that go through our minds? And you know, if our thoughts are on on you know, hey, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I mean, uh, you know, I'm afraid or whatnot. If those are the thoughts that we have, those are going to shape the actions that we take and ultimately who we are and the lives that we have. So um, you know, but but if if that's what we put into our mind. On the other end, and and I think it's important to say too because this is this is not about. Uh, Having rose-colored glasses. This is not about denying that there are tough situations in life. We're all going to face tough situations, and 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 there can be injustice and very bad things that happen. The question is, how do we want to respond when those things happen? You know, we can be immobilized. We can be um, incapable of taking constructive constructive action and moving forward or we can we can move forward in a constructive positive way recognizing again i mean that we may have to grieve we may have to face the loss of a job or some whatever the situation is but uh, but how do we do that and in our thoughts and the way that we see things ultimately shapes everything
0: There's a lot going on in our mind that we may not even be aware of or conscious of and how we are talking to ourselves. But that self-talk, that narrative does have an impact on, obviously, our thoughts and our behavior. You spend a lot of time on talking about affirmations. Give us your take and also the Dale Carnegie principle or philosophy on how affirmations can help us get in that right type of mindset.
1: Well, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that Dale Carnegie said in How to Stop Working and Start Living, he said, you know, is is it wrong to give yourself a, a pep talk, so to speak? I mean, the reality is that we have thoughts. That's a part of our humanity, and 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 sometimes we we can be vicious to ourselves. We can say the worst things. We can say, "Gosh, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. I did that again. I'm such a loser." I mean, we can say things like that. We would never say those things, hopefully, to somebody else. But the, you know, so the the concept of affirmation simply says you know what, I'm going to focus on the good. I mean, Dale Carnegie talks about counting your blessings, not your curses, so to speak, which is to say, what do I want to focus my attention on? And if I focus my attention with an affirmation, which is, which is something that's true, something that's positive, you know, let me give you an example. Um, you know, many people think, you know, fear of failure is a huge fear that I think everyone can have at different points but the question is how do, how do we define failure if my affirmation is you know uh i cannot fail if i learn and get better or if my affirmation is i'm getting better every day no matter what happens and we work to make that true i mean i think about just so many different struggles that i have had in my my life and with the benefit of some age and perspective i can see how i've grown i would like to think i'm a better leader, father, husband today than I was 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And and I would hope that in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, God willing, I'm still here. Uh, I'll be better then too. So, um, but that it's, it's good for us. I think sometimes one example of an affirmation is you look back to look forward. You know, you look back and you remind yourself of the, the different things could be hard times you've been through or successes you've had or the reasons why you've got, hey, you've got this podcast. Why do you have this podcast? Well, there's a lot of reasons. You've, you you took the initiative to do that. You've had, you know, dozens of successful episodes. You've been able to get, you know, this, so you can remind yourself. And that's part of the the, the affirmation is focusing on those things that you want to celebrate.
0: I like think it's good. In your book, you challenged this and I'll make the challenge to all of our listeners to write one affirmation for yourself. And if you're driving right now, don't do that. But if you're at your desk, anywhere in the home, grab a pen, grab a paper. It could be on a napkin, but write one affirmation for yourself that will remind you and keep you in that right mindset. You know, I had a, uh, a project that I was working on. Uh, this is now a couple of years ago. That i was really insecure about it joe i was i was a lot of negative self-talk about how you can't do it you're not good enough you shouldn't try all those things and a mentor um a great mentor session he's he, he said to me you know what you need just to write this down on a note card i am that guy and and i said you're right he said you've got all the experience you got all the skills you got he gave me that pep talk <laughs> i thought to myself what in the world? Why am I getting my own way? You're right. There's no one better qualified to do this project. So right now, if you were to go into my walk-in closet, Joe, (laughs) you come out to Idaho, it's a small little note card right, right by where I grab my socks for the day. And it just says this, I am that guy. And every morning, that's a good reminder that, okay, you're right. I can do this. I am that guy. There's power in affirmation. Does that does that strike a chord? A hundred percent. I mean, there's something about the way our minds
1: work, and maybe we don't even understand how our minds truly work. But when we say something like that, I am that guy, the mind then is looking at some reasons to, to, to confirm that. It's like, I am that mm-hmm. I am that guy. You know, And I might even say, you could say, I am that guy because. Uh-huh. If you say, I am that guy because, then it's like, well, what are some reasons why I'm that guy? I'm that guy like because- that. You know, and, and again, I, I think this is this is not about sometimes people are skeptical and they think this is just, you know, false stuff or whatever. But I think it's got it's got to be genuine and sincere because, uh, you know, our minds will know if we're not being truthful with ourselves. So be hey, what are some of the what are some of the reasons to be um, uh, to, to focus on here? Uh, gratitude Good. is another thing. What are the reasons to be grateful if I'm going to be grateful for something? Um, you know, I think at any given time, sometimes I'll challenge myself. I'll say, what are 10 things I, I need to be grateful for right now? And and you can always come up with 10 things, even though in the worst situation, sometimes it doesn't feel that way. But, but our minds are powerful and uh, can truly serve us if we learn how to use them that way. And that, by the way, that's a big part of what part one of the book we talk about, not just thoughts, but also emotions. What do we do when we're just like man, I feel down. I, I am just really not good today. Well, how do you understand how to understand that emotion and what that emotion is right. trying to tell you? And, and how do you make sure that our emotions are, are working
0: to support us? So It's great. Yeah, you're not downplaying the emotion. It's really just validating them. And then now what's next? How do you move forward in the right next step? That's right. I it's mean, sometimes,
1: sometimes we might have an emotion like regret yeah. or, or guilt. And if we can, we talk in the book about befriending your emotions, actually, it's maybe an interesting way to look at it. But um, sometimes we just try to suppress it. I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to feel, reg- mm. but well, wait a second, why, if we, if, if I have the viewpoint that my emotions are here to serve me and I feel regret, why do I feel regret? That's great. You know, and actually kind of, and in, in maybe there's a reason many times if I feel regret, it's because uh, I have done something that is contrary to my values or maybe i feel like i've hurt someone i i I might need to go fix something you know and other times maybe no maybe it's just it's a hyperactive sense of uh you know responsibility and but but to be able to, to to have that quick little session
0: so to speak uh is pretty important that's so important tell me about the last question on this affirmation piece I'm looking at one of the affirmation statements. I wrote out a few, and then I saw one example in your book. I inspire others to live their best lives, you know, if that's meaningful for, for you. But that sounds like a personal mission statement, uh, delineate the two for me here, Joe, uh, the affirmations and a personal mission statement, or am I just, just diving into something I shouldn't have to be concerned about.
1: Well, no, I mean, I think in that particular example, you know, you could have one that is the same if in fact, um, you know, if, if, my mission is to bring out the best in others. Uh, I can remind myself, I, my mission is to bring out the best in others. You know, mm-hmm. that can be an affirmation. It can also be something that guides my, my intention and my purpose. So that if I'm interacting with someone, if I'm in a deli and I'm ordering a sandwich, even to think to myself, who am I interacting with here? To, you know, how can I, um, I try to teach my kids. It's like, but just the importance of being, even being friendly of how do you, how do you really connect with and interact with other people? But um, you know, if that's if that's something that connects to you, then
0: it can I can, I think, serve that dual purpose. That's good. Uh, Joe, on this podcast, we've talked a lot about uh, focusing in on who are you becoming. And one of the quotes that was in your book, it's from uh, Dale Carnegie, quote, if you're not in the process of becoming the person you want to be, you're automatically engaged in becoming the person you don't want to be. But you spend a lot of time talking about routines in life. How do routines help us to take control of our life and take command?
1: Well, it's it's interesting because we say sometimes that whether you think you have a routine or whether you or whether you don't, you do. And you know, the routine <laughs> might be someone might say, Well, I don't have a routine. All right, well, what do what do you do uh, when you wake up in the morning? For many people, it might be the same thing. Well, I, I check my phone, I get up, I make breakfast, I, I go to the bathroom, I take a shower, whatever. Okay, well, that's your routine. Yeah. You know, so so you say, hey, well, well, Darren, what's your routine, or Joe, what's your routine? Well, my routine, you know, for, for the first thing I do every morning, more or less, is I spend thirty to forty-five minutes really reflecting on the prior day reflecting on what went well, what what do I need to improve, uh, praying, meditating, focusing on what are the things I have today and how do I bring my best self, what are the main things. I mean, so so that's my routine, you know, and I'm not saying that's the right routine or the wrong, I mean, it might be completely wrong for somebody else, but, you know, and we talk in the book about many, many famous people who've had routines, but, but part of what that does is it, it gives us a consistency, and again, I think that supports you know, kind of positive momentum. And I'll, I'll say something else, because you talked about the physical and the mental, I have found that uh, w- because we were both talking about exercising, and yeah. I know exercising is a hard thing for many people. And, and it's hard for me too w- when I'm not exercising. So meaning that if I'm out of it, it's hard to get into it. If I'm into it, it's hard to stop. And um, what what I what I found is that, when i'm exercising i'm eating better and when i'm eating better i feel better and when i feel better i work better i present better i interact with other people better so it's all connected and ironically when i'm not working out i think to myself well because i'm not working out i should eat better i don't i eat worse uh, and <laughs> and when i eat worse i feel worse and i'm more tired and so so you know routines can be a catalyst to helping us uh truly it's a trite kind of expression, but live our best selves. Or certainly present better, be more effective, have better energy, and and to be more intentional. And I I don't want to talk too much. I'll say one thing oh, and I'll go. I'll stop. But um, you know, many times we Michael and I were curious about what one of the biggest regrets is that people have on their their deathbeds. So They're on their deathbed. What do you regret? And what they regret is that they didn't live a life that was true to themselves. They lived. They didn't take the risks that they wanted to take. They lived the way that maybe other people would have wanted them to live. And you know what? What a horrible thing for any of us to get to that point in our lives where, um, you know, we, we we haven't done that. So the question then is: How much time do we spend right now in any given day, even thinking about the future that we want? Do we spend five minutes a day? Do we spend uh, any time, a minute a day, an hour, a day, whatever it is? But, but what a routine does is at least – how do we define that routine? It gives us space, and we say to ourselves, what are the things I need to focus on? Well, I want to spend some time focusing on what kind of a day I'm going to have today. I'm going to spend some time focusing on how did I do? What went well? What did not go well? What do I need to improve? Is there what I need to apologize to? I mean, whatever the case might be.
0: Right. And that process, though – doesn't sound like it could take that long. Uh, in other words, 10 minutes a day of right, right when you start your day would allow you to ask those types of questions and to reset if need be. In other words, the first step doesn't need to be a huge time commitment. Yes?
1: No, 100%. For me, I spend a certain amount of time that works for me. Um, that yeah. probably wouldn't work for other people. I got a really good friend who's like, he's like, look, I am not a morning person at all. <laughs> So for him, maybe spending some time at night is a better time to do it. Mm So, but it all. But are we taking the time to think about what's working, what we want, how we can be better people, how we can live, you
0: know, and live to our visions? So, Joe, now you have my attention. Let's say I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you. Now I know I do have a routine. (laughs) We all do, but I really want to take some steps to get into a routine that helps me live a more intentional life. What would be the one or two things that i could start doing today that would just help me move in that direction
1: so a couple of thoughts one is to have a long-term mindset i think the natural tendency when we see something in ourselves that we want to change is to want to change everything right now and uh the reality of human nature is it can be very difficult to change ourselves in a significant way very quickly and then we we fail and we get discouraged and we quit the way I look at things is in very, very small changes over a consistent period of time. You, you mentioned marathoning. I've I've enjoyed as much as one can enjoy marathons. Um, okay. But you know, if 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 I run a marathon like it's a sprint, I'm going to be done in the first few miles. And right. on, on the other hand, if we look at our lives and say, look, you know, I I aspire to be whatever it is. Uh, a healthier person, a stronger person, a better person at work, a better employee, a better leader, start, you know, number one, be clear about what we're trying to do. So let's write that down. You talked about the power of writing things down. Let's write that down. And let, let's let let's commit to some amount of of change over a period of time. So I wouldn't say to someone, to start out at thirty or forty minutes, just to maybe like five minutes, one minute. But I'm gonna the first thing I do when in, in the morning when I get up is I'm gonna look at my index card that says, you know, you're the guy, you're the guy to get it done, whatever the word is, you know. So so start there, but then build on that over a period of time, and that consistency. It's like anything else, like exercise, right? I mean, you can go to the gym, do a set of biceps, be great. My work is done here. Well, you know that's not going to get us muscle. If we want muscle, we've got to have that repetitive behavior over time. And the same thing is true with our our mindset. Creating a mindset, it's true of um, our attitudes.
0: It's true of just th- those routines. So, Joe, your book also talks about the in the power of human relations, but um, getting connected with one another. Twenty Twenty Three Surgeon General Report uh, called it the epidemic of loneliness and social isolation, and it is as damaging as smoking cigarettes, obesity, et cetera. The Dale Carnegie principles, really, they jump head headlong into how to get connected with one another. Give us your take on where are we at as far as loneliness, and how do we how do we take one step forward to get more connected with one another?
1: Yeah, you're right. There's an epidemic, and loneliness in uh, mental health is a, a real challenge. I was just devastated. I was at a conference not long ago, and they said that the single- what is it? The, uh, the number two, number two killer of children, 10 to 14 was suicide. Oh my gosh. And and then I, I said, that can't be right. So I went to the CDC website and it was, it was actually not entirely right. It was from 10 to 24. Um, it's the number two killer. I mean, so, so, I mean, it, it, it was something like that. So, right. um, go check out the CDC website, but the, you know, it's, it's a major thing, mental health. And, uh, and I, 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 I'm I, not going to, there are clinical reasons for some of those things. And I can't get into those. Um, probably not qualified to get into some of the clinical things. Um, but what I will say is that for, for I think, a lot of people, a lot of the loneliness, a lot of the challenge we have are things that we could improve. Part of it is starting with, it's that mindset. So as I think you correctly said, the Dale Carnegie, how to influence, and influence people principles, Give us techniques or strategies that can help us develop amazing relationships. Have you know just whether it's at work or in our personal lives or whatnot. But the first thing we have to have is even a mindset that says, "Hey, I want to do that," you know, and and I'm going to take ownership of of becoming a. I'm going to practice these principles. I got to want to do that. So do I have the attitude and the willingness to do that? So you know, part of what we talk about and take command is the importance of. You know, I'm responsible for building relationships. It's important to me. I might have difficult people. I might have someone who's a difficult person in my life, uh, a critical person in my life, an annoying person in my life. <laughs> so, what do I do about that person? I can sit there, I can blame that person. I can say, ah, this person's horrible. But taking command might mean having a conversation, you know. Yes. Uh, and, and, and assuming positive intent, I mean, because the person might not even be aware that they are acting in the way that they are. And sometimes it's courageous to have a conversation and say, Hey, you know, Darren, I, I, I just, you know, it's important for me to have a good relationship with you. You and I work together. I know sometimes it, it's not always that, that smooth. Um, you know, what, what can I do to help uh, be a better coworker here or what can I do to be a better leader or boss or, or bringing up to, to your attention, you, know, you, you said something in the meeting the other day and I'm not even sure you intended this or you're even aware that it made me feel this way. But but what I took from that was this. You might say, gosh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. So, But taking command means that I'm going to start with, with those conversations. Uh, it might mean, by the way, that I have to get out of a, a toxic relationship. So, we, you know, one of the things we know is that people will treat us the way we allow ourselves to be treated. And we ta- We have a whole section about um, boundaries. Um, do I have defined boundaries for how I'm going to allow people to treat me? Do I communicate those boundaries? And if I do, and I have, and people disregard them, then maybe that's I just did. It. I'm done. You know. Yes. So
0: people treat you how you train them to treat you. So if you're wondering why someone is doing something to you repeatedly, it does come back to boundaries. And it's probably because you haven't had, well, it could be because you haven't had a tough conversation or if you had to let them know. Fair. Yeah, it's it's true. And that's true of our work relationships can be true
1: of our kids. It could be true of our, you know, our spouses or significant others. So, um, but, but, you know, taking command means that, that rather than simply, blaming other people or complaining about the situation, I'm going to look at myself and say, what's 100% responsibility look like here to take action? And that action may be ending the relationship if it's
0: appropriate. Amen. So everyone, the book is Take Command, Find Your Inner Strength, Build Enduring Relationships, and Live the Life You Want. And fantastic book in so many areas. Joe, tell us, what is the best way to follow you and everything going on with Dale Carnegie? So thank you for asking, Darren. Uh, DaleCarnegie.com
1: is where people get information about Dale Carnegie programs and courses and all kinds of other resources. And uh, I have a podcast also. People can learn about that podcast there. Uh, I They can follow me. I'm very active on LinkedIn and Twitter, which is uh, at Joseph K. Hart. And uh, also there's information about
0: Take Command at takecommand. uh, TakeCommand.com. Uh, Joe, um, at the end of every podcast, I ask my guests, what is your I dare you challenge for all of us? And so I can't wait for this. You dare us to do what? To live a better life. What do you think? So Darren, that's a
1: tough question because there's a lot of things I, I might say, but you know, the one that stands out is I dare you to have the courage to trust yourself and to take
0: responsibility, to take command and to live the life that you want. It's a great challenge. Simple and powerful is something we can implement. So Joe, thanks for spending some time with us on this really important topic. It was fun learning more about Dale Carnegie, but also even more fun learning about you as a leader and your role. You're doing some great work and we appreciate you being here on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Darren. Thanks for having me and thanks for your kind words about the book and I really
0: enjoyed getting to know you and talking with you here. Okay, that was Joe Hart. I liked getting to know Joe. And just to get that perspective on leadership, and human relations and connections, and how we can live the life that we truly want. So what do you think? What's the one thing you're going to implement in your life today? Now, if you're younger in a career and you want to set yourself apart, I would double down on human relations and how to communicate. But I would say in today's day and age, I think they are more relevant than ever. And when you can practice the art of great communication, you will stand out like a neon sign in the dark because so few people are doing them. So I'm giving you a cheat code right now. When you focus on human relations and how to communicate better and these principles, you're going to be in the top 1% immediately. Okay, now that you've listened to the episode, who will you share this episode with? I invite you to do so. Don't wait. Also, follow us on Instagram at I Dare you Pod. Fun community there. There we have great resources, but also video clips of all of our interviews, including the one you just heard with Joe. Now, if you already wrote your affirmation on that card, make sure you do something with that where you see it every day up in your bathroom mirror or wherever that might be, but see that through. And let's work on our mindset starting today. And let's continue that all through 2024. It's time to take command, build enduring relationships, and live the life that we want. So let's get after it. And get ready next week for another killer episode. Episode 107 is all lined up. I'll see you back here next week. I'll meet you there.